Hello people. Welcome to People's Stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host Priyanka Oja and I hope you enjoy the session. Hey guys, welcome, welcome again. Thank you so much for staying tuned in. Before we jump into the episode, if in case you guys are interested to know about more career opportunities, about what people exactly do or just behind the scenes of people's stories, feel free to follow us on Instagram or just send me a connect invite on LinkedIn. A very warm welcome to another very very interesting episode of People's Stories and today I have a really interesting person in the episode with us um or rather in the studio with us his name is Aditya Chopra he comes from North India and has been working in impact consulting for the last 4 years and before this he has worked in the in the finance area for 4 years so I am extremely excited and humbled to have you Aditya thank you so much for giving your time Thank you Pranka great to be here The pleasure is all mine so I mean just to begin with I want to understand like very very quickly what does impact consulting mean Right so yeah, impact consulting is basically management consulting uh, in the social impact space Okay mm-hmm. and the more to yeah. get into impact consulting would be also similar to management consulting then that's correct absolutely correct okay okay so before we jump into understanding what you do on a regular basis in your professional life let's know the aditya who is non working so what do you do when you are not working okay uh so i've been in sports all my life mm-hmm. uh so really enjoy uh watching football now uh, playing football uh also have picked up gardening as a hobby oh, recently i can see that uh, for a few years <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, have picked up gardening uh, really enjoy running because to play football you need other people a lot of times i'm at sort of locations where i don't have a lot of friends mm. uh, and so i enjoy running as well uh, yeah and sort of enjoying the other the regular things of watching tv and, mm. and netflix and yeah are you also into reading reading stuff I am actually uh, into reading stuff. I enjoy reading a couple of books at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, What are you reading so at the moment? I am reading a biography of Steve Jobs and a book called Masala Lab. Masala Lab. I think I've heard of, about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, science of food. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. And, and what's your favorite TV series at the moment? Oh, uh, I actually, I, I really enjoyed Family Man. Ah uh, yeah. And then uh, watching Pandemonium too. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you're watching it at the okay. Yeah. We finished it already. <laughs> too much too much yeah. into it. Yeah, I really I also liked it a lot. Um okay, Aditya, so it was I mean I'm I'm sure uh, I would want to know more about you uh, from your personal life basis, but let's also club it together with your professional life and now Yeah. Just very quickly like in a minute. paint a picture of how does your work day look like like what are your responsibilities and what do you do on a regular basis okay uh this is a difficult question but on a regular day so i am actually looking at two projects i am working on an education project with the state government in haryana and an education project with the state government in himachal pradesh uh my job is to ensure improvement of learning outcomes of government school children in both these states mm-hmm. and for both these states i have 
sort of individual teams. So I have a Himachal team and I have Haryana team that I have to sort of uh, look after and manage mm-hmm. and ensure that children in both these states are learning well. Uh, so that's my sort of role. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do in a, on a regular basis, so I do a bunch of things. Uh, so I break it down, maybe four things. Mm-hmm. The first is to set sort of a vision and goals of what we have to achieve on a monthly or a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. As a as an engagement and as a project, we have sort of annual two-year, three-year goals. But of course, it's my job to break it down for the team uh, on a monthly and a quarterly basis. That's one. On the second, I have to do a lot of government meetings with senior stakeholders, IS officers, uh, sometimes politicians, uh, sometimes junior officers. Uh, so that government meetings is a second bucket. Third is to engage with a lot of partners. Now, since I'm in this sort of an education project mm-hmm. and I'm not an education expert, right? I'm a, I'm a con- management consulting expert. So I have to engage with specific experts in the domain uh, for specific things, mm-hmm. right? So if in the education space, I'm working on education technology, ed tech, which is sort of a buzzword yeah. these days, mm-hmm. I will engage with a couple of sort of big ed tech players in the country, uh, the like of whom you would have sort of heard uh, those who are active in the private market, those who are active in the government space. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, if some, I'm working on an assessment sort of works team, I would talk to somebody who is an expert in assessments, examinations, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right. So the third bucket would be just engaging with experts uh, and the external conversations I have to do. And fourth, of course, will be uh, supporting and mentoring the team. Mm-hmm. Now here, uh, this is sort of a critical role where I have to problem solve on a daily basis with the team uh, as an engagement. So in Haryana, for instance, we'll end up doing 10 to 15 works teams uh, in that project. Similarly, in Himachal Pradesh, we'll end up doing those those many works teams. So on a weekly basis, uh, my four or five member team in each of the states mm. will have sort of problems that they would want to discuss and solve. Okay. Uh, right. And so I'll have problem solving we call them ps sessions mm. we'll have ps sessions uh, sort of end up having maybe three to five ps sessions a week okay on some critical areas uh, uh and they range sort of d- differ every week mm-hmm. but that's sort of what i'll do mm. uh, and of course with that uh, there'll also be a sort of a journey that every associate in my team will undertake as a part of their professional development yeah. as well I'll end up doing a lot of pd professional development one-on-ones with them mm. Uh, which also I'll do on a regular basis. Okay. So macro four things. Lot of lot of multitasking is happening here. Actually, a lot of questions are coming to my mind while you were explaining all of this. But uh, let's begin with the first one. So I'm assuming it, it requires a lot of travel. Uh, it doesn't doesn't. So what happens is I end up spending a lot of time at the project location. So for Himachal, I have to spend time in Shimla. For Haryana, I have to spend time in Chandigarh, Panchkula. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spend most of my weekdays here. Uh, okay. Weekends, of course, are for me to to spend anywhere. Uh, but since it's it's summer and it's it's scorching heat in Delhi, I end up spending my weekends also sometimes in Shimla. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And where are your parents based out of? Like where where are your parents living at the moment? Parents are in Faridabad, which is sort of Delhi and Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, Aditya, tell me how rewarding is this particular professional life in terms of 
of course creating a social impact so you are directly working for education um sector so i'm sure you're creating a lot of social impact but in terms of you being able to assess it um how rewarding hmm. is this particular professional area okay uh so when it comes to understanding how rewarding it is i think it three aspects mostly of how at least i look at professional careers i think the first aspect is uh the professional development and growth mm-hmm. right that's i think the first aspect of how at least i look at uh, my job or or a career the second aspect is uh, what impact am i able to make uh, to the external world mm-hmm. and the third of course is the financial aspect of it of whether i'm able to sustain myself whether i'm able to lead a comfortable life mm-hmm. uh, and my family is able to lead a comfortable life and so forth right so three uh, macro i think buckets of how how to evaluate in my head on the first bucket i think it's a very very rewarding uh, uh generally journey more to do with the firm that i think than anything else uh, because it professional development is as a function of i think what problems you're working on what scale you're working on and who you're working with mm. right and all of these things matter uh and uh, in my case it's, it's sort of a lucky lucky break that i got uh that joined this firm samagra when it was still in nascent stages i was uh, sort of when i joined i think there were like 10 12 people mm-hmm. uh, now we are 50 odd people so i've actually grown with the firm uh, uh, and so that has helped uh, what has also helped is the fact that the the firm and all of us have a usually a, a sort of people oriented mindset so we want to make sure that the impact that we are creating is through the people mm-hmm. Uh, that we have and of course the people in the government because ultimately if if you really think about it we are a four to five member team try to create large scale impact impacting say 2 million kids in haryana mm. right so just to think about it it is just mind boggling yeah. right how can five people do this right so the ideas of of uh, all the time of leverage mm. right we try to think of ourselves as catalysts and not the inputs Mm. so there are a bunch of inputs that are being supplied which is in the form of money spent by the government uh the 100000 employees in the government education departments in in either states uh, a bunch of strategies all of that is inputs right uh and then what we want as outcomes are the learning impact mm. uh a learning outcomes of children and we like to think ourselves as catalyst which is able to channelize the inputs in a structured manner in a focused manner uh bring bring skill and bring knowledge wherever it, there are gaps mm. and then basically bridge inputs to uh, outcomes yeah. right so that's that's where we position ourselves as a sort of five people trying to drive uh, impact for 2 million children yeah so, so um you, sorry yeah. please go ahead please go ahead <laughs> yeah so if, if you look at that i think the first aspect of just working on the right problems for professional development i think we end up solving a lot of complex things on a daily basis so there's a lot of sort of cerebral work involved so to speak uh and bit helps right which is which is obviously very satisfying yeah on the second part of whether we able to create impact at scale i think uh just by definition this is exactly how, what we're trying to do uh, i mean this is how we're trying to earn our bread and butter yeah. and so therefore uh if we are able to create social impact uh that's great and then because we also want to understand how much uh, we create 
uh, in all of our projects we end up getting some third party evaluation done mm. uh, we have a lot of sort of consultations on the ground uh, we'll for quantitative things we'll have studies mm. for qualitative things again we'll have we'll actually go on the ground and and figure out ourselves yeah. right so we'll also have interactions with the the last beneficiary in my case will be students will be parents will be teachers mm. uh, mostly who'll end up sort of receive some benefits uh, from our programs uh, with the government mm-hmm. right so 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 on the impact all front also i think it's just humbling Uh, to be able to contribute at this scale and also very touching when we understand just individual stories right when we talk about 2 million kids it, it's not personal mm. right it to the number is too too large for any any of it to become personal mm. uh, but for it to be personal i think what we end up doing is going on the ground getting into schools watching classrooms talking to parents and uh, students directly and that that makes it sort of deep and uh, personal yeah so on the second front also i think a big tick mark mm-hmm. uh, generally i can imagine uh, so aditya tell me what uh, i can yeah. i can totally imagine i mean uh, because you're directly directly into the ground so to say of course you're able to see the impact you're creating uh, but in terms of uh, the kind of authority you would have so Uh, because you already mentioned that you guys are like acting as a catalyst so basically you're trying to let's say improvise on the processes that are existing maybe uh, maybe suggest something new in the terms of authority yeah. or in or in terms of you know the partnership with multiple stakeholders who are involved because i understand that because it's a government governmental setup you'll have government officers you'll have a lot of um i don't know ias ips officers working with you you'll have a lot of um, yeah. you know core ground level people as well working with you so in terms of the kind of authority you have in the whole setup like is it rewarding from that perspective as well hmm uh, so this is a good question uh, i think I, let's not call it authority uh, because what we end up doing is actually using leadership without authority mm. that's it's mostly how, how we would like to picture it mm. uh we do have of course influence because who we are engaging with are top bureaucrats mm. uh, in that particular domain mm. right so we're talking to the top is officers in that domain mm. and that's mostly as a thought thought partnership sort of or thought leadership uh, sort of relationship okay. right when talking talking to each other trying to solve problems together and there's a healthy uh, setup right so they are they are open to list i mean they yeah. have they are open ears and um from that perspective yeah 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 so so there'll be a sort of healthy thought partnership at that that level and then that will obviously have to percolate down uh, to the middle management in the government mm. which could be sort of junior officers in the in the state government or could be officers in the districts uh and so we'll have to engage with those officers to actually problem solve and get to the detail of things yeah so for instance if you're trying to solve for assessments they'll be have they'll have to be in alignment at the top that let us okay let us change our summative assessments in government schools mm. which happens like twice a year so half yearly hoga there'll be a final exam let's change these two summative assessments mm. that's the alignment at the top right there'll also be an alignment of how or what we are getting to uh, but the micro details will have to be worked out with the sort of nodal officers with the attached autonomous bodies so the So SCRT, which is equivalent of an NCRT in the state, 
we'll have to work with them they'll be the sort of middle management in the company uh so with those people we'll have to really engage uh, constantly right so i'll have associates working with them on a daily basis to figure out how it has to be done mm. once we get it rolled out uh, after diagnosis and design once we get to the implementation stage then again we get to sort of working with the top bureaucrats so that they can review progress yeah. they can ensure that implementation is going well mm-hmm. so that's how mostly how it goes Understood. i wouldn't call it authority uh, but there definitely is sort of a relationship that 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 develops yeah and i mean from the fact that you earlier mentioned it's not about people's skill right so it's also about how much mm-hmm. you are able to sort of um, get the message in the right way to the right people and get the right things done so um i think yeah, ultimately yeah. Uh, that's that's like the core of all professional areas or in fact not even professional personal areas as well for your relationships and <laughs> everything else i think yeah. communication is like the most yeah, important yeah. thing okay so aditya no, <laughs> um now tell me so you said i mean in the introduction i mentioned that you uh, have been working in the finance area and then you moved into um, impact consulting so can you like very quickly paint a picture of what happened there so what's your educational background how did you get into it and how can anybody who wants to get into impact cons- consulting like what path can they pursue yeah yeah so when i was actually looking into impact impact jobs in general i, I i was able to basically structure the industry from from 4 5 years ago uh, into some buckets right so impact it it is not a monolith structure right like any other sort of industry it has domains it has verticals uh, and it has sort of horizontal areas so let me paint a picture of what impact looks like uh, so the the sort of vertical i am in is impact consulting where we using management consulting for social impact uh similarly there's an impact finance vertical where you use investing uh, uh in, sort of investing techniques in social impact uh then there'll be a general management uh, sort of uh, in the impact space right and so the general management can be okay so you're working in a large corporate in their csr division that's also sort of impact uh or you are in a b corp b corp can be a sort of business for good corp uh, which is a for profit entity trying to develop some some product or some service which does good to society right so that can also be a general management in impact then of course there are two other buckets i think one bucket of multilaterals uh, people who are shaping uh, global visions and sort of are in the advocacy space so the united nations the world banks and so forth Uh, and then of course there's a whole lot of non-profits uh, who you can work with again in social impact and non-profits generally tend to be specialized so there'll be education health livelihoods uh, and so forth financial inclusion every sort of non-profit mm-hmm. right so different buckets in the social impact space uh, when i was in finance i, I was mostly looking at uh, either impact consulting or impact finance uh, ah, okay. because uh, sort of the venn diagram sort of match right <laughs> uh, i figured uh, i could use my finance skills in the impact space uh, and that would be a win win and also generally i figured if i want to move out of finance uh, then i'd probably want to get into consulting uh, and not in anything else mm-hmm. so so that was what my thought process was so sort of destiny so had it for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can actually 
talk about how I got into it. It, it. it is not a straightforward, it wasn't a straightforward journey. Now I think it is mm. uh, relatively uh, easier. So uh, when I was in finance, I figured after a while, uh, once I had made some money, once I had sort of got some career growth, I was not insecure anymore about uh, having a job or getting a job. Mm-hmm. I figured I would want want to go back into social impact thing that I wanted to do in the beginning. Uh, and so I started looking out for firms, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I pro- sort of made an Excel sheet like any other consultant uh, of all the firms that exist in the country doing anything in social impact. And so take a long list, three, four, four or dozen companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I ended up meeting a lot of people. Actually, met, would have had coffee chats with some 20, 25 people. And were people uh, like responsive? Were, were people okay to uh, meet you? And this was in 2017, yeah, right? This is actually 16, 17. Mm. Yeah, 16, 17. Uh, people are surprisingly responsive. Mm. Uh, so when I cold emailed or cold called or just asked them to have coffee, uh, most people did find time. It, sometimes it took, you know, a couple of weeks. Sometimes it took a couple of months. Mm. Uh, but I was able to get in touch with actually a lot of people. Would you say, uh, and, um, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm cutting you in between, but I, I'm just eager to know, would you say your, uh, so you had already done your MBA from Oxford at the time? No, I actually did that later. So ah, okay. At this point, I was just, yeah, I was an engineer who had four years of work ex, uh, in finance and who had two years cap in the CV because I had spent that time Okay. Uh, preparing for you. So it's not like you have to have like a very top notch uh, degree to be able to, uh, <laughs> you know, connect to people. You can do it otherwise as well. <laughs> that is absolutely true. I think what it requires is just to be sure of what you're trying to do yeah. and why you want to connect with people. I think if that is clear, mm. then people are usually responsive mm. because then they know it, it, it will be a sort of certain conversation. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Then it's not very open ended. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time reflecting on what I wanted to do. I spent a lot of time researching who I wanted to connect with, who sort of have a, who will be able to help me uh, with their experience. And so all of that research and sort of reflection really helped, I think. Mm. And then people sort of connected. And um, Aditya, you can choose to not answer this question, but I just want to understand from a financial standpoint, uh, you already mentioned earlier that it is rewarding, but um, would you want to sort of expand a little bit in terms of, um, can you see yourself in a in a very stable, comfortable position if you're working in impact consulting? Or I think it'd be comfortable. Uh, it's a comfortable position. Uh, it is. So we are a very unique firm. Uh, there are very few actually firms in the so in the impact consulting space right now in the country, or in fact globally. Uh, and the model is that we are a for-profit entity working with uh, some big donors who can sort of support the talent that we are sort of recruiting. And then we end up doing systemic large projects, right? Uh, By virtue of us being uh, sort of working with on large projects, by virtue of us getting the right talent, which obviously is expensive, uh, and by virtue of us collaborating with large donors, I think we are able to find that sweet spot of uh, sort of giving decent compensations where people are not definitely not struggling uh, but it would would be a sort of a discount to say a, a top investment banking or a top uh, top tier consulting 
there be, might be a slight discount to that but it's definitely in comfortable category okay cool and um, so aditya you did your uh, bachelor's in mechanical why was mechanical ruled out <laughs> uh, like any other sort of i think engineer in the country i had hardly given a thought <laughs> to what discipline i was doing engineering in and so what i got once i got into engineering i think i figured this was not my cup of tea i was i got good grade mm. uh, did decently well mm. but i soon understood it was not something i want to do in my life mm. yeah okay i mean fair enough i mean if you understood that it it's not something you will uh, you'll enjoy then the answer is no yeah so aditya now tell me um any recent failure that you faced um in your personal or professional life that sort of you know made you learn something mm. important that that you will mm. take away for your entire life with you yeah yeah so i've had actually a couple of failures a uh, big failures in life uh, maybe not very recent uh, but big failures i think have shaped who i am mm. and how i think about life uh uh so let me let me talk about the the upsc part of life uh, <laughs> so this was this was actually uh, during my fourth year of undergrad uh, that i figured i wanted to do this mm. in fact third year of undergrad that i figured i wanted to get into impact and sort of the venn diagram of skill interest and what impact i make converged at upsc as a as a choice career choice uh, started doing that uh, was pretty good at it to, to the but not good enough i guess mm-hmm. uh, good enough to get into sort of interview stages uh, all three times and not good enough to get into sort of ranks the the rank roll call right so it's, it's a grueling journey uh, in upsc where you have to spend the whole year from prelims to mains to then interview mm-hmm. and then uh, once you get the interview result of whether you getting into the is or not it's a matter of a week before you have to give the prelims again okay right so the cycle is virtuous uh, um, so you can't after you give the interview you can't stop and wait for the result you actually have to start prepare, preparing for the next prelim mm. uh, before you get the result so the cycle is very very grueling and it cycles is continuous so after you get the result and you know that you've not made it you have maybe a day to mourn about it <laughs> and then you have to start studying again because the next sort of round of things start and once you don't get into uh, get past the interview stage sort of it doesn't count right so you you start the journey from square one uh, again pre mains and then interview yeah right so three grueling years of this was actually uh, very bad for me emotionally uh, and really sort of i think i was uh, my self confidence was at all time low mm uh and i didn't know what i would do right and as anybody sort of even starting out the career now uh even if you have a good undergrad degree i think this the the idea of you having a few gap years the idea of your friends sort of buying cars and you are still have you have no bank bank balance mm-hmm. so to so to speak uh, it is challenging right to think about uh what you would do now mm-hmm. you're in the market there a million engineers coming out every every year you're already late by a few years <laughs> you have no uh, skills to 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 deploy the so called <laughs> social clock the... that's ticking yeah yeah exactly and you have no uh, and the, all you have is a lot of knowledge mm. right so 
but that knowledge is nobody pays for that knowledge yeah except for maybe if you if you go teach in a coaching center mm. uh, but then the knowledge is not employable who would want to know if i know about the greeks <laughs> or have i have knowledge about the world history or world geography or what what are asked in the in, in upsc mm. right so it's a it's a lot of knowledge that you have for sure and that is i think a big boon but uh, very little employable skills to start off mm. right and that was i think a very very difficult time just thinking about what i'll do and big in hindsight now i think it it was a very very good learning experience mm. because what it taught was i think two three critical things that i end up using today uh one thing that i sort of learned very quickly in that process was perseverance there is no reward whatsoever at least for a year mm. right and in my case for three years and so you have to work very very hard every single day uh but you can't expect uh, very immediate outcomes um aditya so just, sorry just one thing so when you got your result yeah. um like yeah let's say not the first time first time you would not have a lot of expectations i think so oh i very okay very you very had <laughs> <laughs> okay so then was it was it shattering or like uh very very unsatisfying like did you cry mm-hmm. that kind of thing happened uh i'm not the sort of the usual crier uh, but it was very difficult mm. uh, i mean it, i th- i think all results are expectation based right the higher you set expectations the sort of deeper you go uh, if you don't make it yeah yeah right? mm. uh and so i was actually thinking that uh, i'll really crack it because i was able to do well in the mock exams i was sort of had a good rhythm going internally felt really good about mm-hmm. the prep mm-hmm. because i was focused i was not getting distracted i was not going to uh, my friends weddings because i was studying you know so you have to make those small small sacrifices uh, and i was fe- feeling good about the whole thing mm-hmm. i mean the groove i'm sort of focused i'm, I'm studying well i'm doing well uh, and all of that but of course a lot of things matter in those exams yeah. and, but my personal feeling was that cause uh, i was in a good good place mm. and so when i didn't make it the first time i, I was very very uh, disappointed mm. because what i was also looking at was that i had a whole year had gone by yeah yeah mm. right it was not i could make up for it quickly and so the idea of you having to start all over again and then it will take another year at least and then also you're not sure you wanted to go then also you're not sure yeah and it also sets in a certain sort of uh, i don't know skepticism yeah. of what did not go well because you you were in a good place personally mm. still it didn't work so you have to really put in something extra mm. right so it, it's a it's a lot of self doubt it's a lot of uh, just i think disappointment that that had set in the first time uh, and <laughs> in hindsight it is amusing but at the time i thought i'd be the sort of one of the youngest to get through because uh, my first attempt was immediately after my uh, my final year exams so there was i think uh, a week difference between my final year exam mm. uh, and the prelims okay so i had pictured myself as one of the youngest to get through and so forth so all those <laughs> Yeah I mean of Although, course at the at the moment we are laughing about it but then uh, at that time it could yeah. have been but what made you overcome like what ha- so 
you said mm-hmm. you tried three times and just one time how you mentioned yeah. it is really disappointing three times would be a lot more disappointing i'm sure yeah. what made yeah. you overcome yeah. all of that the the sheer belief that if i do this it will really be uh, good for me and i'll be happy sort of in the long run Hmm. so how i was looking at an is career at the time was that you know i'll sort of i'll be able to make create an impact in society over 20 30 years uh and also you get motivation from your peers right so it, i think it's important it was definitely important for me uh to interact with a lot of people who are doing the same thing to have a few mentors in the sort of i, I took coaching for geography which was my subject at the time so really considered my geography teacher as my mentor uh, had a lot of sort of good talks inspirational talks mm-hmm. with him uh, and so he and a lot of others put things in perspective right if you have a 40 year career or one two year delay doesn't matter mm-hmm. so despite all your personal goals that you had in mind uh, to to sort of get it going in the first year it's fine mm-hmm. right after a few days of mourning and sort of <laughs> taking it all in just get back on the horse mm. because it will take a year again yeah. of the same hard work but if you get it then it, it's it's sort of 30 40 years of good work uh, at least good opportunities that that uh, that will come your way mm. it was mostly about the end result that kept me going a lot of uh, perspective coming in from peers and and sort of mentors mm. uh, and just the desire that i wanted really wanted badly want to do something meaningful mm-hmm. yeah what happened like why not the fourth time then uh it to be honest i think it was one of the toughest decisions i've made of not giving the exam again mm-hmm. uh, it's a tough tough time and i really understand i think what everybody goes through over a million people give this exam every year so it's not it's not a unique exam this or the feeling i had maybe may not be unique uh, but it definitely is very personal mm-hmm. uh, and so the stage of life i was in i was really i think the it a lot of self doubt had crept in mm-hmm. right my self confidence had really gone gone low uh, i did not think i would be doing justice to the attempt also uh, big, with the state of mind i had yeah, yeah, so i okay. was maybe wasn't in the same groove uh i was not able to sort of uh, focus as well and i really wanted something to sort of get the confidence back yeah. which is why i started with an internship and so forth kitik i let if if i start getting some money in, in my hand so at least that part of my brain will stop worrying yeah hmm. yeah yeah i mean there are a lot of back to it if i want hmm. eventually there are a lot of things to consider i i don't know how much how many times can you give an attempt at the moment i think it's three times right right now Six. It's six. Exactly. Okay, I have a relative yeah. who tried for seven, like seventh time, she uh, cracked the IAS exam, and I was like, I mean, I was just amazed by the amount of determination she had in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. giving that exam seven times. You know, I mean, <laughs> I cannot yeah, yeah. imagine no, it. Off. It's it's really tough. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Aditya, the last question I want to ask from you is regrets. So at the moment, do you have any regrets? Oh not so much no <laughs> i'm not a person who, who actually thinks too much of the past uh, except for maybe learning from it mm. so no regrets actually okay <laughs> very few yeah 
no regret that's nice that's nice anything that maybe you... in, the, in personal life i think a very <laughs> anecdotal regret uh, i have regrets of not pursuing a, a sort of uh, uh, not learning a musical instrument when i was young <laughs> that i regret but it's never uh, too late i mean i'm learning ukulele now yeah no i actually started learning the violin a few years back okay uh but maybe started too late <laughs> most people start when they are eight yeah <laughs> amazing i mean uh it's a very interesting story aditya that you have and i would definitely want to explore a little more about your parents maybe uh in another episode <laughs> if it's possible yeah. um but yeah thank you so much for your time it was lovely talking to you i wish you a very nice day ahead and a very nice um career to come thank you prinka thank you and uh I will subscribe to this channel. <laughs> I look forward to hearing other people uh, and I hope you get good interesting people on your podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If in case you guys are interested to know more about different career opportunities, know about what people exactly do, how do they reach there or are just interested in behind the scenes of people's stories, feel free to follow us on Instagram or send me a connect invite on LinkedIn.